Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Evan's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for clarity. Thank you for passion. Thank you for conviction. As I step back, I thank you for the Holy Spirit in this place and in our hearts to step up so everyone will hear what God is saying to them. And I declare as a result of your word, our faith will rise, our lives will change, and our lights will shine bright. And we declare this in Jesus' name. And if you believe that, say amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Today I want to talk about a very foundational subject, a very foundational area that I believe every believer should understand. And so if you're taking notes today, my subject is how to get faith results. Everybody say how to get faith results. We already know how to get results. But the question is, are the results you're getting the kind of results you want to get? And so I want to talk about how to get faith results in your life. And my whole life has pretty much been a walk of faith. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find two verses of Scripture. Find Hebrews 11, verses 6, and then Hebrews 11, verses 1. I'll say those again. Hebrews 11, verses 6, and then Hebrews 11, verses 1. As you find those, uh, faith can be a very misunderstood area unless someone really is taught properly from God's word what faith is. And the goal of today's lesson is to show you what faith is and then explain to you how it should work in your life. And see, here's the thing that I've learned about faith. Once God has spoken, faith to believe what he has spoken is now available for you to believe. I'm going to say that again. When God has spoken, say when God has spoken. When God has spoken, faith to believe what he has said is available. In other words, once God says something, then the faith that you need to believe what he said is readily available to you and I. And so I only have two points this morning. Here's the first point if you're taking notes, and that is faith is how we please God. Faith is how we please God. Many people wonder how to please God. Well, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, 6, and I'll show you that faith is how we do that. And many times uh, as you and I grow in our relationship with God and as we grow uh, as individuals, we tend to want to please everybody. You want to please your wife. You want to please your husband. You want to please your kids. You want to please your boss. And you know, here's the thing about just pleasing people. First of all, everybody is not easy to please. Can I get an amen? 
Everybody's expectations of you are going to be different. Therefore, your ab ability to be able to please them is going to be inconsistent. And so the goal of faith is for us to please God. I heard a story about a donkey. And uh, there was his grandfather, and he was taking his grandson to, the, to, the, to town. And it was about a mile walk. And so it was the grandson, the grandfather, and a donkey. So the grandfather was a real sensitive man, so he didn't want his grandson to walk the whole mile. So on their way to the city or to town, he put his grandson on the donkey. And so as they were heading toward town, somebody stopped who was riding in a car and said, look at that young, young man on that donkey who has strength. Why is he being so mean to his grandfather and not letting his grandfather ride on the donkey? So when the grandfather heard that, he took the grandson off the donkey, he got on the donkey, and they started heading toward town again. Then they started heading toward town, somebody stopped again and said, look at that mean old man. How can he be so mean and sit on that donkey while his young grandson walked? So then they left, and he was, they looked at each other like, okay, what are we going to do now? And so then they both decided to get on the donkey. As they headed toward town, somebody stopped and said, look at those mean people. Treating that donkey so bad, they know they're too heavy to ride on that donkey. So then they looked at each other. They both got off the donkey. And the next thing you know, they're heading toward town. And they both got the donkey on top of their heads like this. <laughs> What's my point? You can't please everybody. You should be pleasing God. Watch what Hebrews chapter 11, look in verse 6 says. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen yet, he moved with fear, he prepared an ark to the saving of his house. And by, watch this, by that which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is by faith. Now I'm going to read this in the Amplified because I think it really speaks to it better. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. In other words, that verse is telling us that it is impossible to please God without our faith. You know why? Because God is a God of faith. What does faith mean? Faith is the ability that God's put in each one of us to be able to stand and believe his word and watch his word come to pass. Now, go to Hebrews 11, look in verse 1, Hebrews 11, 1. Because, you know, what, what is faith? What is faith? We know faith is what we use to please God. And I want you to think of it like this. Uh, if you've gone to school then the way that you please your instructors and the way that you please the university and the way that you may please your parents is by making good grades. Well, the way that you may please your wife is to take her shopping. Can I get an amen from the women? I guess that's not happening right now for you, huh? Say, I'm on lockdown. We got Giving Sunday coming up. Well, those are things that you do to maybe please someone. Well, faith is what we need to please God. So let me give you a definition of faith, but I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version. So all you have to do is look on the screen. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Now faith 
is the assurance. Say assurance. It's the confirmation. Say confirmation. It's the title deed. Say title deed. It's the title deed of things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Now let me break that down. The first thing it says is that faith is the assurance that something is real. So even though you and I may not be able to physically see it with our eyes does not mean it does not exist. In other words, the Bible says that the seen things were made from that which is unseen. In other words, you can't see God, he's spirit. But the spirit God made everything that we can see. And so I'm trying to get us to move from what we can see and believe what we can't see. Because there is more of what you can't see than it is what you see in. And see, that's why people limit their faith because their faith is based on what they're looking at. When you don't need faith if you can see it. Amen? Amen. Faith is the assurance that something is real. Faith is the proof that something exists. It is the title deed of what we hope for. So let's say I'm hoping to get a new car. Hope. It's hope. Another word for hope is expectation. So I have an expectation for a new car, but I don't have the credit or I don't have the money. I may not even have the job. Now, because money, the job, and the credit are in the natural, they don't disqualify me from having faith. Because my faith is not in the natural. My faith is in the supernatural. Are you all with me? So look at it like this. It says, faith is the title deed to what I want. How many have bought a car before? Let me see your hand. Bought a car before? Now, unless you paid cash for that car, you never saw the title being transferred from the dealership over to the bank who paid for the money in full to get you the loan. So what happens is, whether you see it or not, a title deed for your car exists. Are you with me? Okay, so if the title exists, that means there is a car that exists. Once I understand that my faith is the title deed to whatever I want, then guess what? Whatever I don't see will eventually come to pass because I'm not looking at what I can't see. I'm holding the title deed of what I desire. So what does that mean? That means that If I read God's word and it says that, uh, you know, blessed am I in the city and blessed am I in the field and blessed am I coming in and blessed am I going out. If I'm not experiencing that, what I need to do is believe what the title deed says until it shows up in my life. And the problem most believers have, the Bible says through faith and patience, we receive the promise. It's not just faith alone. Sometimes you have to combine your faith with waiting on God because sometimes it's waiting on God that you see his blessings. I, had, I told a member one time, I, they came up for prayer and I, they, they had an old work truck and it was beat up. And it was, I mean, I don't know how many motors they had put in this truck. And finally, I looked at him. I said, look, somebody's going to give you a truck or you're you going to have enough money from your business to buy the truck. Some years went by. Everybody say years. Some years went by. And so he decided, he became impatient, and he was going to go try and buy the truck. 
Now, he heard what I told him, but he said, I'm going to go. So he got tired of this raggedy truck. So he went to the dealerships and places, and it didn't work out. And then he went to a place where he knew somebody. And you know what? They, they gave him practically the car. They gave him a, 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 it was like a Suburban, and it was all new on the inside. And they gave it to him. Look at your neighbor and say, they gave it to him. Now, he could have got impatient, spent his own money. Now, you know, God is good because even when he sees us about to make a mistake, he, you know, that's why I tell people, if your heart is good toward God, even if, you try, if you're about to make a mistake, he'll still stop you. You know, one time uh, I was going to get my hair cut, and uh, I was thirsty. So I stopped into this, this gas station, and uh, I wanted something to drink, but I wanted something different. And I, there was a tea that I drink from Lipton that, you know, I went to look for, and it wasn't in there. They didn't have it. So I was over there in the Gatorade section, and th there was this bottle that looked like a little round, you know, those uh, apple juice bottles. You know, that's what it looked like. And, you know, it looked good. I, and it was a flavor that I liked. I don't even know what it was, and I had never seen it before. So I took it to the, to the desk, and uh, I was buying it. And uh, the man said, would you like a sack? Hmm, that's strange. They don't ask me if I want a sack if I have some Gatorade. He said, do you want a sack? I said, well, no, I don't, why would I need a sack? And the guy next to me said, because that's alcohol you got. I was like, what? So I went and put it back. I was thinking, y'all don't need to put that in the Gatorade section. What it was was this nice wine looking. I mean, it didn't even look like a wine bottle, but here's my point. The, the Lord allowed me to not make that mistake from somebody standing there that I didn't even, even know. So, it, listen, I'd rather try to step out in faith and make a mistake than to know, don't do nothing. And some of you all are stuck. You got semen on your feet. You know why? Because you're saying, God, I'm waiting on you. Well, what, man, God is just waiting on you. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Not the step, steps. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. Sometimes we have to make the step. And so watch this. You and I, our faith is the title deed for our health, our financial well-being, our dreams, our desires in life, our peace. It's even connected to discovering and fulfilling God's plan for our life. Amen. Turn to uh, Romans 3.27. Turn to Romans 3.27. What makes faith so powerful? What makes it so powerful? Here's what makes faith so powerful. Faith is a law. Say faith is a law. Now another word for law is the word principle. Principles or laws work all the time. Let's take the law of gravity. Whether you believe the law of gravity is working right now, it's working. And all you have to do to find out is to get on this building and jump. And we will see that the law of gravity is working in your life. Well, just like the law of gravity is working every day. Guess what? The law of, of breathing, where oxygen, in other words, we are breathing because there is a law working all the time. Well, faith is a law. Romans 3, look in verse 27. It says, where is boasting? Is it excluded by what law? Of works? No, but by the law of what? Faith. Now, another word for law is principle. And here's why I'm showing you this. I'm showing you this because I want to show you faith is not some timing. 
Oh, no, no. As, as many of you all may think, yeah, faith is sometimes. Well, sometimes it will. You know, what's that old school song that says, uh, uh, sometimes it will, sometimes it don't. Uh, uh, level to the ground. I can't remember what it is. Uh, y'all know what I'm talking about? Don't worry about it. The Amplified in Romans 3.27 says this, Then what becomes of our pride and of our boasting? It is excluded, banished, ruled out entirely. On what principle? On the principle of doing good deeds? No. But on the principle of what? Faith. Of faith. So just like the law of gravity can be used at any time, so can the law of faith be used at any time. And that's why the Bible tells us to live by faith. It says the just shall live by faith. It tells us that three times. So if, if faith is something I'm supposed to live by, faith is not a life jacket. It's a lifestyle. And so a lot of people use faith as a life jacket. When they need something, they stuff it in store. Lord, I just thank you. Well, no, no. If it's a lifestyle, I already know how to swim. I don't need a life jacket. Are you all with me? So let me tell you what faith is not. So sometimes when you know what something's not, it helps you see what it is. Faith is not magic. Abracadabra, abracadu, God, I need you. What are we going to do? <laughs> faith is not magic. Number two, faith is not a feeling. Faith is not Luther. Dum, 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 dum. No, no, no. Because, see, if faith was like Luther... Then when I feel good, feel it, I want to feel the fire, yeah. Who was that? What, what? People Bryson, thank you, baby. How many heard that song before? Oh, we got a lot of young people in this place, huh? That's okay, feel me. Feel the fire. Yeah. <laughs> Faith is not a feeling. Faith is not a movement. It's not seasonal. It's not something that comes and goes. It's something that's steady because it's a principle. Faith is so important that God's word tells us on three different occasions to live by faith. Galatians 3.11, it says this, But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident. For the just shall live. Say live. Live by faith. And see, when faith is a life jacket, you'll find yourself always in situations trying to get yourself out. I heard a joke about a man in the wilderness. He was hunting bears, and he had been hunting bears all day long. He didn't see one bear. So he decided to take a break. He put his gun down and walked over there to the fire, you know, to cook him some food. And next thing you know, a bear was right on him. And he didn't have time to run to get his gun. So he prayed and said, Lord, make this bear a Christian bear. And the Lord, the, the bear stopped in his tracks and said, Lord, thank you for this food I'm about to receive. <laughs> Just look at your name and say, faith is not a, a life jacket. Just look at him. Now, there are four different levels of faith, quickly, four different levels of faith that I want to give you this morning. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Here's the first level of faith. The first one is no faith. No faith. Everybody say no faith. This is just when we refuse to believe what God has said. No, no faith. It's in Mark chapter 4, verse 40, if you want to write that down. This is what it says. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? 
How is it that you have no faith? Say no faith. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So we have no faith. Here's the second level of faith. Weak faith. Everybody say weak faith. Romans chapter 4, look in verse 19. It says, And not being weak in faith, Abraham considered not his own body now dead. Now watch this. If you look at that verse, what it's really saying is, We are weak in our faith when we consider the circumstances. Look, at you. Look, let me tell you something. God is bigger than your situation. I remember, everybody said years ago. Oh, it had to be about 15 years ago at least. Uh, my credit was shot. <laughs> and, and I used to have this red Mercedes that looked like it needed some lip chaps. Or some chapstick. You know, have you seen the paint where it's peeling? Yeah, that was how my red Mercedes looked. But I drove it like it was like, you know, the bomb, you know. And uh, I'll never forget that uh, uh, I needed a new car. And uh, I drove around and looked. And I saw this blue, electric blue BMW 5 Series. Beautiful car. And I saw it. And I said, I want that car. Man, I started applying for that car. You know how many no's I got? I got plenty of no's. And then finally, she's going to tell the story for me right down here. <laughs> she was there. She's an eyewitness. And i never forget. I said, Lord, look. You said you would meet my needs according to your riches and glory. I need a car. I don't just want a car. I needed a car. How many know you need a car? If you live in Arlington, you need a car. There is no bus system. How many live in Mansfield? Raise your hand. There is no bus system in Mansfield. I needed a car. And so I didn't give up. My circumstances were saying, you're not going to get it. And then I just kept applying. And I found, this, I found a place online. And I just applied online for, for, for some financing. Do you know that not only did they finance it for me at a reasonable interest rate, but they put enough money in there for me to put my sound system in the car. <laughs> Weak faith considers the, situ the situations. It says, he considered not his own body now being dead or 100 years Neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in what? In faith. Look in, uh, here's number three. You got no faith, weak faith. Here's the next one. Little faith. Luke chapter 12, verse 27, it says, Consider the lilies, how they grow, and they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. If God so clothed the grass... Which is in which in, in the day in the field and tomorrow cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, oh you of little faith? There's somebody out here right now. You on a, you know, you on this weight loss plan and you started losing weight, and then you start thinking, well, where am I gonna get the money to buy these clothes? Well, if God can clothe the grass, he can clothe you. Everybody say little faith. But then here's the one I want you to get right here because I'm talking about how to get faith results. The next one is great faith. 
Look at Matthew chapter 8, verse 10. It says, when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. What level of faith does God give you and I? See, here's the thing. It's up to us on how large our faith grows or not. Now, just go to Romans chapter 12. Go to Romans 12 and look in verse 3. See, let me tell you how faith works. Faith is like a muscle. Say faith is like a muscle. If you don't use it, it won't work. You know, they ask me today, Pastor, when you come in the lifetime to come out and work out? I said, never. They said, you're not going to lift with us? I said, listen, I'm lifting one thing right now in my life. It's a fork. I'm not ready right now, right? Well, if you never, watch this, if you never use your muscles, they will never get stronger. If you never use your faith, it will never get bigger. And many of us, the same faith that God gave us when we got saved is the same size faith we have today. And here's why. We're not using it when we need to. Romans chapter 12, look at verse 3. Uh, it says, For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has given, has issued, has distributed to every man. What's the next word? The. Everybody say the. The measure of faith. Now, there is a difference between the measure and a measure. A measure can be any measure. It could be a pint, it could be a gallon, it could be a 40 ounce. How many had one yesterday? No, no. <laughs> it could be a 40 ounce. But see, the way God gave it to everybody is when you got saved, when you asked Jesus to come into your life, he put the measure, say the measure. He put the same amount in everybody. And then he said, use it. And many of us, we don't use it because we are afraid to step out and use our faith because we don't think God is going to come through for us. Amen. How many times have God said something to you and you didn't do it because you were afraid that what he said he would do, he wouldn't do it? I mean, you have to be bold. Think about, think about Moses. Moses had faith because Moses, God told Moses, go to Pharaoh. Tell him to let my people go. And if they don't let him go, some plague's going to come. Well, he went and he was like, well, first of all, he was like, well, Lord, I stutter. God was like, look, get over yourself. Go do it. Well, when he did it, plagues start coming until Pharaoh let him go. Sometimes we have to use our faith so we can see God come through. And when you start seeing God come through on a consistent basis, your faith gets stronger. And that's why I'm bold. When God tells me something, I step right out and do it. How many know it takes faith to rent out a place like this and expect people to come? How many know we don't have a cover charge? I mean, there's nobody here with a contract that says thou shalt come to church every Sunday, right? No, no, it takes faith. And let me say something. When you use your faith, you will see God do the unbelievable. Can you say amen to that? So 
Here's the question. In fact, go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. Go to Galatians 5, 6. Let me show you why a lot of people's faith doesn't work consistently. Galatians chapter 5, look in verse 6. I love this. It says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which works by what? How does faith work? By what? Okay, so... This is why you may not see consistent faith working in your life. Maybe because your love life is not consistent. And this is why I tell people, in fact, when you look up that word, it says faith work it by love. The word work it comes from an, uh, a, a, Hebrew, uh, a Greek word called energio, which is where we get our English word energy from. So what it's saying is faith is energized by love. So that's why the enemy always finds somebody to put in your life to get on your nerve. Because all he wants you to do is get out of love because once you get out of love, your faith stops working. If you notice, you always have an enemy. And if you don't have an enemy, you probably got a lot of frenemies. Why? Because the enemy's job is to try to keep us from being in constant love. As a matter of fact, that word work it means to operate. So what he was saying is faith operates by love. Go to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 very quickly. 1 Corinthians 13. We must stay in love because love is the energizer for our faith. 1 Corinthians 13, look in verse 13. It says, now abides faith, hope, and love, or charity, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Now the word greatest there means the oldest or the elder. So what he's saying, the oldest out of those three is not faith, is not uh, hope, or it's, it's love. Now why did he say love is the oldest? Because it does not say that God is faith. It says God is love. So which means that love has been around as long as God has been around and God has been around forever. So if I allow my faith to be energized by his kind of love, then my love will be steady and my faith won't be up and down. Because see, there are three other kinds of love in the Bible. See, you have Philadelphia love. You know, really the city of Philadelphia, they got their name from the Bible. Because the word Philadelphia, they call that city the city of what? Brotherly love. Because in the Bible, the word Philadelphia is a Hebrew or Greek word for love, which means brotherly love. Then there's a second kind of love. And here's the thing about brotherly love. If your brother makes you mad, your love for him is going to go up and it's going to go down. Or am I right? See, that's not the God kind of love. And then you have filial love which is a friendship kind of love and that's a good kind of love too and that's that's a friendly love you know for a friend but what happens when your friend betrays you now your love was up for him now your love gonna go down and then you know there's this another love called eros love and that's an erotic love that's only for married couples okay but here's here's my point if you stand on those three loves your faith is going to fluctuate because those three kinds of loves are not steady. But see, agape love is solid. 
That's the kind of love that God loves us with. That's the, un, watch this, it, God is unconditional. It doesn't matter what we do or don't do, God's love for us doesn't change. And I love that because I can't work for his love. See, just like you have, may have to work for your spouse's love or work for your, your, uh, uh, your co-worker's you know, approval or work for your... You don't have to do that with God. God loves us regardless. Do you know that the love he had for you before you got saved is the same love for you when you got saved? His love didn't change because if his love changed, he would change. And if he changed, he's not a stable God. So you know what we and I, you and I have to do? We have to stay in faith and in love with his kind of love. How do you do that? Well, watch this. Go to 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians. Uh, let's see. I want chapter 1, verse 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. Let me show you something about love. As your love grows, your faith will grow. Let's read what it says. It says, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren. As it is me, because that your faith grows, how class? Come on class. Exceedingly, what's the next word? And the charity or love of every one of you all toward each other abounds. He says, you know what? I noticed something. I noticed that your faith is growing because your love is growing. You want your faith to work all the time? Man, you ought to be, you ought to be a lover, not a fighter. Amen. And that's what the enemy wants us to do. He wants to stay and keep us fighting. So how do we increase our faith? How do we increase our faith? Turn to Romans 10, 17 as we close right here. Romans 10, 17. How do we increase our faith? Because remember, God's put the measure inside of us. We have to use it for it to grow. Well, how do we do that? Well, the apostles said to Jesus in Luke 17, 5, they said, Lord, increase our faith. What a powerful question. Repeat, it says, increase our faith. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So watch this now. This is very simple. When we hear the word, faith comes. If I do not hear the word, faith does not come. If I only hear the word one time a week, faith only has the opportunity to come one time a week. So the key to having strong faith, watch this, is having a consistent routine of the word coming on the inside. And that's why the enemy fights you to hear the word. Oh, he'll let you listen to Jay-Z all day. But you need to stop listening to Jay-Z and listen to Jay-C. I'm going to tell you something. You put that word on the inside of you. Nothing becomes impossible. I mean, everybody can be getting laid off, not you. You can just wave at everybody and send them a prayer request. I'll send you a prayer request. Yeah. yeah. When your faith is on, I mean, even if you got laid off, no big deal. You got seed in the ground. God is bigger than a job. He made the world that jobs work in. When you have faith, Jesus said, if it's even the size of a mustard seed, he said, you'll be able to speak to a mountain. Man! And I'm trying to get you all to start stirring up the faith that's on the inside. Did you know faith is transferable? 
Okay, go to 1 Timothy quick. This is not on my notes right here. So y'all just going to have to follow me. Go to 1 Timothy. And, uh, or it may be 2 Timothy. Let me find it in my Bible. I wasn't ready for this here. But this is good right here. Uh, let's see. Had to put on my specs for this. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. What I'm trying to do right now is transfer the faith that I know into your heart right now. Because it's transferable. And let me tell you why faith is transferable. Because the Bible calls faith the spirit of faith. That means anything that's spirit is transferable. God, when we got born again, he transferred his spirit to us. Can you say amen to that? Now, let me show you something. Watch this now. 1 Timothy chapter 1. He says in verse 3, he says, I thank God from whom I serve for my forefathers with a pure conscience, that without ceasing I, remembrance, uh, uh, I have remembrance of you in my prayers. He was talking about Timothy. He says, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. Verse 5, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you, Timothy, which started first in your grandmother, Lois, and then in your mother, Eunice, and I'm persuaded it's in you. First, his grandmother had faith, and then his, it got passed down from his grandmother to his mother, and then his mother passed that thing down to him. I'm trying to pass it down to you. I'm talking about having faith where you are undeniable. The Bible says this, and I'm closing, that sometimes it's through faith and patience we receive the promise. So if you're standing on something right now, if you believe in God for something, don't give up if you don't see it. Because the only way that faith manifestation doesn't happen is when you quit. I could have quit when I had Landon, but I didn't. I could have quit when Seguin told me no three times, but I didn't. I'm closing right now. Can y'all tell? No, no, no. I I, could have quit. I could have quit. When God told me there was a school that I'd even know existed, I could have quit. But I didn't. You know why? Because I was holding the title deed from his promise in my hand and in my heart. So I didn't worry about what my eyes couldn't see because I knew that one day what God said would come to pass. And that's why Genesis says all through the book of Genesis, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let there be animals, and there were animals. Well, if he said it and it happened then, God can say it and it happens now. And I declare over your lives in Jesus' name that as you have heard the word today, something on the inside is stirring up, a stirring up to do more, a stirring up to have more, a stirring up to do something you've never done before, a stirring up and a transfer of faith that you, instead of walking in here feeling like you were defeated, you'll walk out of here knowing that you have faith and you have the faith that God's put inside of you and that all things are possible. And I declare your faith is growing, it is strong, you're going to stay in love and you're going to see consistent results coming from your life. And I declare that, and if you receive that, just give the Lord a hand clap right there. If you receive what I just said right there, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here right now, and if you died today, and you're not sure.